We're just going to be dorking it up. Great. Red light special. Oh, it's already happening. Okay. Remember last week we opened one and left it? Looks like they took it back. <laughs> Should we do nine or 11? I don't know. I'll take, I see number nine sitting there. What do you grab? You toss me nine. Was that an, okay. Okay. Number nine. Whew, guys. Moment number truth. nine. You feel the pressure? I'm feeling pretty stressed out, man. <laughs> I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling tired. Maybe I'm a little stressed out too. Our brains have been working on the overtime. Uh, <laughs> it's easy to look around and see any number of things that you wish could be better or that you'd like to change and work on. Many problems that could be fixed if you just did them, but they aren't always a priority. A dirty window isn't the priority when the line's out the door. Sure, that's, that's like the prompt, everybody, right? So the questions that follow this little description... How do you decide what projects to push back and which to prioritize? Question mark. How do you know if a problem is a distraction or work? Question mark. What <laughs> if you believe something is a priority, but someone else on your team doesn't? Question mark. Check them. Just These fucking are check all em. good questions, people. Why don't you talk about, for the first prompt, how to decide which projects to push back and which to prioritize? Take it out of project zone and take it into the cafe. Why don't you talk about guest coffee cafe for a Guests, second? Then the sweet bean. Yeah. I mean, there's way. Okay, so we break this down in the context of what we do, right? We inspire connection, memorable experiences, hospitality. We talk about this a lot. So what we try to do is we prompt our team. What are we thinking about first? Well, we think about our guests, right? What is going on with them? We are attending to them, their needs, the human beings that we interact with, the ones that literally decide to use their time and money to either come hang out with us or not. They are the priority. So the guests that walk in the door, whatever they may or may not need, is up to us to attend to first. That is our first priority, and it should make very clear sense because without anybody coming in the doors, there's no reason to do the next part, which is serve the most amazing coffee experience that we can. Now, one simple thing that should be true and should be obvious to everybody is this. <clears throat> if you're a coffee company, you don't run out of coffee. So while that sounds potentially novel to you, you may even chuckle, there have been many times in the world where we haven't prioritized this um, in, in my history in, in specialty coffee. And it'll be like, oh man, we're out. Can you wait five to 10 minutes for us to brew some coffee? Um, or, Hey, can we get an Americano instead? I know you ordered a coffee to go, but like we're out right now. And so, which is the most hilarious phrase that someone could ever say in a coffee shop. <laughs> no, we're actually out of coffee right now. Right. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Cool. Good thing I'm at the coffee shop. Yeah. This is good. I came to this restaurant, but we're out of food. We're out so of food. we're actually wondering if you'd be down to like have we're a smoothie, done. maybe yeah. whip you up an iced tea. Mm -hmm. So we yeah, I mean, first things first, right? Make sure the guests are attended to. And how do we do that? We make sure that we have coffee on tap ready to go that also means recipes are dialed in that means that things are functioning they're ready to go there's a lot of subsequent factors that go into the idea of is coffee ready to rip but within those should you have it all dialed right great your guests are taken care of you got coffee ready to go it's going to taste good it's on fire it's hot or it's cold in the cold brew phase mm. and it's ready to be served now what happens immediately following that as a priority and this can work 
as well if, if you're in a workflow situation, right? Okay, I got through the line. I'm done with all my drinks as a barista. What do I do next? Okay, coffee. Coffee's brewed. Coffee is dialed in again on, you know, I tasted my spros. We're back in action for the next round of wave of people. What's next? Look around the cafe. Now we're looking again, take it to the beginning through the guest size. How does my cafe work? And this is a great opportunity for you to span out, right? It's easy to be in your box in your little station. If you're a barista or you're on a concierge register station or wherever you may be, even if you're in a kitchen, you oftentimes just look at what's right in front of you. And that's great. That's a perfect thing to start. If you're cleaning while you're going, this could happen quickly. You organize, you wipe it off, you resituate it. But as soon as possible, look at what the guests might be looking at, which is most likely, first and foremost, not exactly that station that you look at most. It's most likely your seating areas, your trash, your bathroom, your condiment stands, maybe the windows, maybe the doors from the windows to the walls to the sweats and the balls, all of it. They're looking at all of the things that most likely, honestly, you're probably not if you are in the zone and you're having a busy weekend. And that's okay. <clears throat> that's why we prompt you. Guests, coffee, now look at the cafe. And please really look at the cafe. This can be an opportunity just to take a walk about and do it all over again in the fun little way that you do. You're walking out and you're like, what am I going to do while I'm cleaning this up? While I'm picking up that trash, while I'm busting that table, I'm going to connect with the guests again, bring them back in. I'm going to say to myself, are they finishing their coffee? Are they done with their food? How was it today? And not just how was it today, like, hey, how was your cappuccino today? Was, did you, like, was there anything that we could do better? Did you enjoy it? What was your favorite part about it? Did you taste anything special? Again, this is your opportunity to get out there and make a connection while ensuring that chairs are lined up, tables are clean, condiment stands clean, everything's restocked. It doesn't look like it's a, like a bodega where half the condiment stand is like two, <laughs> there's like two straws and like 26,000 stir sticks. This is your opportunity to get over there. Stock it all up. Use the cornucopia effect that I like, which is if everything's in abundance, it feels like there's a lot of opportunity. You can do this in your pastry cases as well, which is another part of the <laughs> guest coffee cafe. <laughs> Booyah, kasha. That's one way to help yourself not even have to worry so much about like, what do I do next? But just know what it do. <laughs> that was Out such here, an player. intense monologue. <laughs> You're like talking so fast. That's amazing. That's I'm trying to save you all some time and Your effort. Own one. That's how you. That's how you do it right there. And that you know what? Even if you there's there's layers to what I just said. But even if you didn't go into layers of what I didn't speak about, you got yourself a pretty A plus model right there. Yeah. So guest coffee cafe is a triage system that will prevent you from doing something stupid but well-intentioned right <laughs> yeah. so like in wiser's first prompt a dirty window isn't the priority when there's a line out the door you don't want to have guests unattended to and have everybody clean in the window and that happens you walk into a coffee shop nobody says hi no one's looking at you someone's making coffee someone else is cleaning the counter someone else is in the back of the house restocking something and you're just standing at the register not the thinking, priority uh anybody want to help me and the answer is no i'd like to give you money for <laughs> goods and services can we make this happen what are you gonna do I'm and everybody and thinks services. they're working you know the person who's making coffee thinks he's doing a good job the yeah. person who's stocking in the back of the house thinks they're doing the right thing the person cleaning the counter is like i'm cleaning i'm busting my ass over here dog 
<laughs> but not in the right order. Take care of the guests first. Secondly, take care of the coffee. Third, check the cafe. You want to have them all done. You know, mm-hmm. you want to attend to everything or you're not going to get the experience you want. But when shit hits the fan, there is an order of importance. There's also synergy and teamwork that is kind of implied here that we're not speaking to. So let me let me take you there. When Call it a team of three or four, right? When all of the three or four people make sure that that guest experience is dialed in, they crush that out, right? Then they move to the coffee thing. This coffee thing shouldn't take a long time. When you get to the cafe as a team of four versus a team of one, Everything gets done quicker. And this sets you up on a path to success that starts the minute the day, you know, the minute the doors open and you're serving guests. Any job that you have, if everybody's working together on a common purpose, and this is a great triage system to help with that, yeah, you have yourself also the ability to to get out of work closed, clean, operating beautifully without spending an extra hour and a half once the doors do close, which for you and I is a big reason we put this idea together in the first place is you know, some people don't mind being like, cool, we're closed. Now I'm going to do this whole project and take two to three hours to like make it clean. But I didn't, you know, like we wanted to get out with our life. And at, at Cat and Cloud, we don't believe that you're supposed to just like spend all of your time at work. You're supposed to work well, crush it, and then get out of there and go enjoy your life. And this is an opportunity for everybody to spend, you know, the most ample time together as a team, but also spend the least amount of time at work. You know, and that's a fun thing. That's, you know, it's an, I guess it's an efficiency. Spending at least time out of, at work is not the reason, but there's an efficiency to it. There's a, you don't need to be here for two hours after. So why would you be? Yeah. Well, closing is just annoying. As much pride as I took in my clothes, I never really enjoyed closing. And I yeah. kind of get the feeling just that task-based. most people don't. So yeah. getting a jump on it early, knocking it out. Plus, it's not really financially viable for a close to take two or three hours. That's also if you're true. looking at the like a whole cafe model, yeah. strict metrics based. Yeah, this is a no bueno idea. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, that's just a straightforward in the cafe that's opportunity. A, Great. I mean, I think the the when you're talking about, I mean, this applies everywhere. You know, it applies in your career. It applies in running a business. It applies in your life. You really have to know. I think first your metrics of success. What are you trying to get out of any given situation? you know, what's your goal? Right. <laughs> um, and that could change at different times. So it's hard to contextualize. It's, it's, it's hard to say without an example, but I think, you know, at any given time, there are more things that could be improved upon than things that are going well. Sure. And then if you're thinking about it in terms of just strict strategy, you want to pick the project that gets you that takes the biggest bite out of where you want to go. Keep you know, going. It yeah. gives you you can you can be really bizzle bizzle. You can be super bizzle. That's a, that's a you can term. be really busy nibbling away at these little teeny tiny projects. I mean, we did this this quarter. We looked at the numbers and we said, "Okay, here's where we're at. Here's here's where our company's at culturally. Here's where our company's at financially. Here's what we're doing." Okay. Every year is an opportunity. Every day is really an opportunity, but it's nice to kind of take a break and say, okay, Mm. cool. What are we going to work on? And we did this exercise where we had paper stuck to the walls in here and we gave everybody markers. You know, we prepped them ahead of time and everybody write down something that you think would improve our business. And we had a list of 
probably close to a hundred things. Right. All good ideas of, yeah, this would be positive. This would be positive. This would be positive. And then looked at those and everybody voted. And when we're voting, you know, we're seeing how much overlap there is. You know, yeah. are five people agreeing collecting on, the data. on one thing? Yeah. And the way that we're making those decisions is what's going to get us closest to the goal that we've set as quickly as possible mm -hmm. and without reinventing the wheel, which sometimes you need to, but you don't always need to. Yeah. I don't feel like, I don't feel like reinventing the wheel is necessarily the thing that I've, well, we've been speaking about that a lot. You know, so much of it comes back to basics. What I, what I think I'm starting to, to think about a lot, right. Is <clears throat> I guess in the way you, you try to prioritize, right. Which you articulated well, where, where are we trying to go? what's going to take the biggest chunks out of play and what keeps coming to mind now is is the you know the hows and and utilizing the the right people for those jobs and how that works you know there's there's this thing it's almost like the secondary layer to this work which it's almost like we agree that we need to go we could even use a mission and vision we or or whatever semi operating vision we agree that we want to inspire connection by creating a memorable experiences we're going to come in here. We put all these lists together, right? We as a company agree, an executive team, these are, the, these are the biggest, best ideas that are going to move us forward. I think the opportunity and the thing that I've been leaning into a lot is utilizing the right people to get the projects done. And that is, I think, where companies, including ours, could, it can get gray and there's an opportunity to learn. So for instance, like, Everybody in there in this group agreed on, you know, these few projects and the, a lot of them got into play. But what I've started to notice is certain people shine bright in those projects and certain people become overwhelmed. And I think there's, there's some truth to there's going to be times in sprints where everybody has to do hard work. So there, let's just take that off the table because that's true. But there's also a difference between what might be compartmentalizing the work too specifically into a specific department and only utilizing the people in the department to get the work done. So there's something that we had talked about. Uh, we've called it project-based leadership, which everybody also agreed on that board was one of the things that we want to lean into. Um, so for instance, everybody project-based leadership would maybe be Chris, Charles, and I, as an, as an example, all work in different departments. And within our departments, we have a few executive people who work with us. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't be assisting in other people's departments based on our skill sets. And we've started this idea out, but we haven't leaned into it a, a shit ton. The way we have leaned into it has sort of been just some people picking up new roles and responsibilities temporarily. But it was almost out of need and, and like raising of the hand versus like looking at the company holistically, aside from you, Charles, and myself, right? Hmm. Like the three of us were like, okay, we're going to take on these things the rest right. kind of were like volunteer based and positional based for the most part yeah um, yeah and it, it wasn't necessarily like who would be best because we we also you know we are new so this is this is where i'm learning and i think this is very fun for me maybe not for everybody but for me it's powerful uh so then it's okay okay sorry i'm getting on i'm getting on and off the rails <laughs> but we it's like you've agreed on something and the priorities make sense. I think the next opportunity we have as companies is to look 
at who would be the best at helping with those projects and and even trying to get away from like where the people work before you dive in so you know that's kind of where i'm mm-hmm. going and that's where i think the projects might be more successful with the least amount of potential burnout yeah who would you switch around or or what are well, make it real about, like put, put yeah, so project out there and let's talk about it yeah so I, I wouldn't necessarily try to go with like who who's right because that's that's a little bit unfair i think what i might do and by what i might do what i would for sure do is think about a couple things one is like generalized team building like figuring out the amount like the team building strategies and the check-in strategies um and looking at who and and whom it could be a couple people might be good at making sure that whatever projects are going that they're they're checking in right so i wouldn't like a project manager of esque but somebody who is totally cool with across an entire company just making sure that we're still moving forward and that doesn't in my opinion necessarily have to be you know, a huge meeting. It can be like a couple people are doing that. There's also, if you're looking at departments that are in need of like uh, systems creation or looking at, you know, problem solving in kind of like it maybe an operational way you might call it, but we might say, okay, this, this place, the roastery or the cafe needs some systems created before we can start like implementing them, right? And, and recognizing that work. So maybe you'd pull somebody over and be like, okay, you are going to work with, even if it's two departments, you're going to work with the roastery and the cafe on creating these systems or, or reinforcing these systems and then looking at who might be the person who's going to be like, great, thank you. I have the system A to Z. I like to go check those boxes and get that shit done. And uh, I think what, you know, we kind of talked about this in a few episodes back with you and myself and trying to figure out our energy there's certain people who are really good at coming up with the ideas, right? Even in this question, it's easy to look around and see any number of things that you wish could be better on or that you'd like to change and work on. That's actually not true for everybody. There are certain people in the world who actually look at stuff and look at how to make them better by default. They're like hungry. Like I think you and I are some of those people. We look at things, we look at ideas, we try to improve them, we try to make them better. If we assume that everybody on our team is doing that, that's unfair one. But like, what if we expect somebody to do that? Who's like, damn, that is not my strength. You know, that's like, I'm going to spend my whole world wasting time trying to figure out how to make this shit better. You know what I'm saying? So this is kind of where yeah. I'm going. This is where I'm going with this whole concept. Like, right. I don't, I, that to me, that's not, that's not really how I read that question, but I hear you. Cause well, to me, I totally I, agree. Yeah. I kind of read that question as like, if you're trying to improve something, there's a million different ways you could do that. How do you know what's the most effective way? Yeah. And I'm you saying know? not everybody thinks or is driven by improving something. Sure. But they could be an amazing team member and super, super valuable. So I guess where I'm going with this is like, there's, I think there's an opportunity for everybody to kind of get together and know who's great at those different things and to help you prioritize in a, in a more successful way and, right. and not necessarily leaving people out, but like pulling in, in the right places and pulling like, even if you give everybody the same information, the way they're going to look at it is really, really different. Sure. Right? And you're thinking at a high level because within even a frontline level, back to that original question, 
people, regardless of whether or not it's their strength, are going to have to be able to prioritize and execute in whatever job they do autonomously at some level. I think so. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because at some level, you need to at be At some able level, to. you have to be able to do that, and that's, that's how I read this. And then you're talking about more... You're talking more about strengths and gifting and... Well, I'm talking about, I guess, the combination, though. There's like a, there's systems to this, too. So, you know, we've talked about it both ways. We do want people to solve problems autonomously, but there are people who want to know they're going to solve them in the right way. So we do try our best to put something into play, right? It's like, cool, you have the power to please. You can make a mistake. We'll help you with that. And that tries to get people out of the shell, right? Mm -hmm. Making some autonomous decisions. I think it's great. I think it's wise. But I think if you're looking at how you prioritize a day, there is a system that allows people to even, like, that's a system, right? The power to please is, it's a very loose system, but it's something that's put into play. Like, it's right. a policy. Yes. So say you didn't have that, which that means somebody in our team, me, you, whoever, right. in our world, came up with this idea. Exactly. Because we knew somebody wasn't going to feel comfortable doing that. Correct. So say if you don't have that in your company, uh, that's kind of where I'm going with this, right? Even on the front lines and the middle lines, the middle lines, the the team leaders, the coordinators. <laughs> middle management. <laughs> it's the worst ever. Everybody can be a leader. I work but in middle I management. Work at, yeah, I show up. <laughs> the, the ability to prioritize, you know, it greatly depends on this like system mixed with like a vision and values and and what we're trying to do here. So I guess that's where it's it's interesting. Let me give an example and maybe you can say yes or no. This is what try I'm it. talking about or what Let's it's try not. It. Yeah. So Michael Weiser, who gives us these beautiful podcast questions and oh is our God. marketing team leader. One of one big piece of his quarterly goals was to really identify and get extreme clarity around Kira, who is a marketing concierge, like her her role. Cause he's had this part-time helper in marketing and she transitioned to full-time. And he was feeling he's like, I'm not leading as well as I could be. I don't have enough clarity around her role okay, cool, let's make that a project because that's going to free you up to do what you need to do. And he's like, all right, cool. So, you know, we have some conversations. He digs into it and he creates this really awesome, he's starting to build this thing. He's calling it the, the marketing Bible, Yeah, you know? And it's this common, it's this really cool SOP layout and it's this combination of what, how, and why. Yep. So, you know, and these are all, he starts with a job description and then the job description is linked to this Bible, which has a, a bigger breakdown. And then the Bible links out to specific checklists. So for example, a what would be, here's how we organize products on the web store. Mm -hmm. You know, um, quick little overview links out to Shopify and all these other places that needs to go. Here's how we do it. And then here's why we do it that way. Like this Beautiful. is, this is the intended guest experience for this. Right. It comes with this thing. It's really good. Yeah. It's great. I'm like, Oh, this sounds good. Looks this good. looks awesome. Good job. So that's happening. And then simultaneously we're having some turnover in HR. So we're bringing someone else in, into this role mm -hmm. and the role itself is a new role we don't have a ton of sops really dialed in 
And the ones we do have aren't structured in any specific way. Right. So the person who's outgoing as part of their last couple days, one of the things I said was like, hey, spend a couple hours with Wiser. And Wiser's job is to just kind of get a bead on where those SOPs are, see them, so he can then format them in the same way that he started formatting the marketing Bible. Yeah. So he's got a strength for this visual formatting and also chunking information mm -hmm. and making it really user-friendly and yeah. beautiful at the same time. And that's the new Cat and Cloud format. Now, his job doesn't have anything to do with HR. Right. You know, that's, that's definitely not his place. He also doesn't have the title of, oh, you're the information organizer. He's the marketing team leader. Yeah. He just happens to be really good at this. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a win for the whole company. So it's like, you're activated here. Mm -hmm. Boom. And so that's an example where you're, you got project-based leadership assigned by kind of gifting. Absolutely. And, not, and strength and not necessarily strict job. Description. Yeah. And he, and the other thing I think on top of that, you can feel, and I think he would tell you otherwise if it wasn't the truth, is that like he is filled up by that work and he keeps, there's some success around it, right? Like it's not, I feel like that's the kind of work that, not only that, but like the formatting, the creating of this beautiful thing and, and taking it and synergizing it into something that works and makes something better has been consistently and historically something that we know like makes him hungry. Oh, I mean, right? that's why it turned out the way it did. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. if he didn't have that passion, it would be a, a watered down version of exactly. it. And you, you can see that. Yeah. If you just pay attention to him, it's obvious. So every meeting we have, yeah. uh, he's got, uh, <laughs> the way he takes notes is hilarious. You know, yeah. he's got his iPad, he's got his pen and it's this combination of half scribbles, pages with a bunch of lines on them, half doodles. Right. He talks in pictures a lot. Yep, and then and analogies. Then next week, because we have a weekly rolling recap, mm -hmm. him, Mark, and I have a base camp ping. And the only thing that's in that ping is every meeting recap every week. And he'll usually show up next week with some sort of, it looks like an infographic, but it's not. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how he expresses his ideas. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with the, with the Bible or the SOPs or whatever. I, it's not really either of those things. It's not really just the SOP sheet. It's just no. this, it's this, I don't know what it is. It's anyway. like art that helps. Yeah, right. It's art. Which is a perfect. Yeah, it's this interactive like educational <laughs> thing. And that's just, that's all he does. You know, right. he would probably do it for free. Right. And, and so, then you're able to take that information or we are as a company, right? And, yeah. and turn it into something that we can operationalize in some capacity. So I, that is kind of where I'm going, mm -hmm. right? Where there's a couple things in general that are on the table, which we kind of like passively have said, like where are bottlenecks where it's like only, only one person can do such a thing. We haven't talked about it a ton, but like I'm seeing the opportunity to solve for where are places is just like one person is on an island doing everything or being a key holder for this, that, and the other, and maybe overwhelmed. And then there's the other part, which is, I guess communication, real teamwork, and collectively moving towards what is the most important, utilizing the, and, and again, working together to utilize the right people for those projects and not, there's this saying that I'm, I'm, I love and also I'm 
starting to realize that it's maybe not the best for higher level leadership. And that's like, did you take it to Z? And here's what I mean by that. Like there are too many levels where somebody can't actually take a project all the way to Z by themselves, but they can make sure that it's seen through or we can make sure that it's seen through. And so I'm, I'm starting to wonder if you can kind of get sucked into this place where we don't finish projects because we're trying to get people who are, we're trying to get people to do like all of the implementations of work, right? Come up with an idea, figure out if the idea works and how it could or couldn't work, and then make sure that it's seen all the way to Z as an, a human being. And like, those are different stages of work and different mindsets that, that can be challenging. Like in a cafe where we came from, this makes total sense, right? If you have a, a if you do have a checkbox sort of project, A to Z is simple. Mm. But if you have A to Z, which is, we had to do this, but it's like start a company, right? A to Z. And say you're a single business owner and you're like, okay, A to Z, start a company. All right, I got, I got a vision. Great. Okay. Now, bank loans. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm, I'm starting to see this opportunity to like, where teamwork is incredibly impeccable. Where yes, you can see a project A to Z through, but if, if it only potentially is you or if you are not able to use the strengths of somebody who loves to just like make sure everything is a to z that's like what they hunger for versus you know i can get you like 90 percent of the way there and i need to keep moving on to more projects to help the whole like that's that's what i'm starting to see is an opportunity for us like where or and anybody really where are those people who can get everything going get everybody on a team find the right people on that team and pass off the work at the appropriate points and still see it through to, to finish without necessarily being the person who's like delivering the coffee. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which would also be taking it to Z. Yes. But physically doing it is taking, it's ensuring it gets to Z, but you're actually not taking it to Z. Yeah. I guess it depends on how you, you know what I'm saying? How you see that phrase. Cause when I see it through the business owner's eyes, you know, we're trying to take a lot of different things to Z and we're, physically doing very little of them in a, hand, that. in a hands-on way. I hear that. Right. Um, and that's where the translation can but be it's, dangerous. It's I think. still, yeah, we're still responsible for it. Correct. You know? Um, so like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder how many people in your organizations out there could use small assistance in a bunch of different places that would allow for more success. So, you know, like taking on too much could be what somebody does, right? To try to show up. I'm just going to like, work myself to the, to the quick, kill myself to get this thing to Z when getting it to Z might just be like, yo, coordinator, I got this thing lined up. Here's how it works. Here's how it feels. I just need you to do these three or four things and make sure it works like this every time, you know, or, or it could be the other way around. Like right. coordinator, I need you to figure out this, this, and this, cause my head's elsewhere. And when you're done with that, hit me with it and I'll make sure that I create like the SOP for it, you know, and it works every single time. So I am thinking about priorities in a unique way because with a company like ours, we don't have the ability to just like pull on like a new person for a project, right? Like a big company might just call somebody and be like, cool, you're in charge of this kind of marketing, your digital marketing. And that's what you do. Maybe, Mm. you know, because we don't have that and, and our learning and consistent like evolution in all of our little phases this has kind of been the hunger. It's like prioritizing to me does start with having an overarching vision, but then it comes down to us getting really good as a team and maybe knowing 
who might be best at what and seeing how balanced we are so that we can bounce off of each other and utilize each other. Hey, it's Wiser here again to tell you about the coffee you could get from us at Cat and Cloud. Are you looking for something to wean your parents off those oily beans that they buy from Costco in bulk? You should check out Night Shift. It's our house coffee that's meant to replicate the classic coffee profile with darker, full-bodied flavors. So if you want a coffee your parents will love and you'll be happy to drink every time you visit, check out Night Shift. How about getting a different coffee every time? Check out our coffee subscriptions, where every two weeks we offer a different single-origin coffee from our menu, so that you can always be trying something new. You can set up your subscription to get coffee on whatever schedule you'd like. Or, if you just want the same thing every time, we have that too, as you can get all of our house coffees on subscription as well. And speaking of parents, I have my dad on one. He's a local legend around the roastery, as every time a new bag of Night Shift shows up on his doorstep, he thinks it's magic. So be the hero we all know you are by upgrading your parents' coffee game. And check out subscriptions at catandcloud.com. Also, call your parents. Say hello. Yeah, I hear you. And then there's still the issue of prioritization within that. Because yeah. because in a small company like ours, everybody does have a lot of responsibility. Yeah. So if we use the example of Wiser, every, every minute that he spends not doing the job that he got hired for, there's something not happening in that department. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a big team that's underneath him that's doing all these things. He works with one person. Yeah, yeah. You for know? sure. Um, and so if we're going to make this ask, it's like, Hey, can you format this, organize this? We got to make sure that the opportunity cost isn't super high. We got to make sure that, okay, this formatting and organizing this foundational building is the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, and that takes some of that thinking Mm -hmm. and that takes stepping back and looking down the line where it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. You're not doing X, 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 but we need the solid ground to to start from right you know yep and so then that conversation that conversation still has to happen and for me that's pretty in this particular case it made sense because the i see the things that he's built in terms of that bible i'm like oh cool our whole company should be just run like this our Mm, whole our whole company should have resources that are built like this yes because that prevents some of those other things that you're talking about from happening whether it's like oh you know we've talked kind of one person does the onboarding which is after orientation before you actually start and that's kind of just it was never necessarily supposed to be like that. It just kind of Stuff happened, happens. right? It just had this, there was this natural evolution of this is just the way it worked. And we need to have more information, more places, yep. more accessible to more people. I think several people could do onboarding, but mm-hmm. several people can't do onboarding if they don't know where to go to get the information yep. without that, you know, one-on-one. Yep. We Absolutely. could jump back in and then it's a whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's cool. I I've seen some of these things working pretty well too in in the small scale. Because so Thursdays when like Wiser and Mark are filming, there's this cool collaboration that we'll all get together. And you know, Mark is the director of coffee, but he's also the wholesale partner program right team leader. So he works with all the people that we sell coffee to, all of those businesses, and. 
his day-to-day work is kind of, okay, cool. I want to make sure the partners are taken care of. So some of that's building relationships. Some of that's just communicating, being a friend, asking what people need. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got the project where we're trying to figure out some sort of way to better serve them. Um, Then he's got his director of coffee duties and then he's like filming videos. It's like, what? He is not in the marketing department, but he's such a huge source of knowledge and experience with those things. Right. And it's like, who, you're the right person for this. And he's building his own skill too, mm-hmm. in terms of being on camera. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that they're, you know, Wiser's creating some stuff just for the partner program, some stuff that's external and some stuff that's going to be internal facing, mm-hmm. you know, we've been kicking around these ideas and that's pretty cool to see. It's kind of outside the scope of everyone's job, but inside the scope of what Right, like the overarching needs, yeah, or opportunities, maybe. I'm, yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, marketing's a weird one because this is on a whole another tangent. Because marketing's not even marketing is everything. Yeah, and this literally, is, right. I talked to Wiser about this at all, to where it's like marketing is everything that the company does. Yeah, all anything anybody can see. Your your department, or what's traditionally called a marketing department really when it's at its best, they're like reporters mm-hmm. where, hey, we're just sharing what's happening. We're not yeah. manufacturing something. This is just what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this big, big catch-all because, it, you know, this podcast is marketing. The way sure. our cafes look is marketing. Mm-hmm. The way our branding looks is marketing. The way our coffee ro- is roasted is marketing. It's a whole, anyway, that's just like a little wormhole. That, it's, I mean, it's real though. It is real, Yeah. So I think, like, what if you believe something is a priority, but someone else on your team doesn't? That's a lot of, you know, what you might say is looking at the opportunity costs and kind of laying things out in such a way where it's like, what, what's preventing us from moving forward or what's, uh, what are our opportunities to whatever, et cetera, et cetera. I don't even necessarily want to say level up. What are our opportunities to be better? What are our opportunities to whatever it could be? And that, that's not, I think it actually can be fairly easy if everybody's communicating. And this, this I think is something that's been on my mind too, is if you have a, if we have a team or a few teams where we're looking at what's going on in our cafes and communicating or in our company and communicating in our departments and communicating, then we can see, and maybe this isn't everybody's gifting, but you can look at everything and say, Hey, this actually over here needs to get solved ASAP because it's holding up our entire company or our entire cafe or our entire roasting operation. You know, like that is where it won't, Maybe it doesn't always matter if somebody on your team does or doesn't agree on it being the best priority. I think um, there's a, there's oftentimes a lot of logic to back though what decisions you might make. You know, like I think actually you can con- you not even have to convince. I think you can get to a place where if you have the sound logic behind it and you have the understanding of the company's mission and values and what we're doing, there's there's an easy way to communicate most of these things. To where somebody will be able to understand the direction. They might not like it. And that's different to me. Like liking it because of a passion. Or agreeing with it are two different things. And I'd almost argue that most of the time. 
if you've been intentional, if you're able to communicate, if you have actually not just rushed into a decision, that you could have that priority be pretty clear and understood by everybody. And then, yeah, whether they like it or not really isn't, is more, I think, what happens than. Yeah, what do you think? What's the last big disagreement you had with someone on your team about a priority? Priority disagreements. I think there's always tension between. No, there's not always tension. There can be tension between building for the future and saving. So for instance, like running the tightest ship possible so that you hit your labor metrics perfectly and or under them is something that it's a pretty normal thing. Most people try to do that or saving costs, right? And then there's a lot of truth and wisdom to that because that's a business model. But there's this place where it's like, we're, we're this busy or we offer this thing, we offer this amount of whatever it might be. And a place where people will enjoy if we do something different, something more, or if we staff in such a way where the experience is maybe quicker or there's more energy, et cetera, et cetera. I'd say the, the biggest source of tension that I've experienced is that where you're like, actually, we need to spend a few more dollars here to ensure that we're delivering a level like this. And with that level, more people will come and it'll take care of itself versus the antithesis of that is like, well, we can't spend that because, you know, or we can't use that many people because, or we can't, whatever. I, I struggle with the, we can't mindset. So that's, that's something that I always struggle with. Right. And that we can't mindset, I'm going to be like super clear is not a bad mindset. It's just not the mindset I operate with. And so, and maybe can't's the wrong word, but like there's a mindset of really strict rigidness and I don't live so much there for the most part. I live in, in looking at like a bigger view. So that's where I, I've experienced the most struggle is like the mandate of, I actually think we should staff like one more person here. And I think we should look at this whole thing like this. And it's like, I don't know, that doesn't really make sense based on this. And and it's it's literally a it's a I wouldn't even call it a disagreement. It's a I don't feel comfortable going that direction. So how do you fix that? Well, that's where you have to either have leadership that is able to be like, I see how you feel and we're going to go this direction anyway. Trust me. Here's why. Let me help. Or you can allow somebody to go down that same path and say, okay, here are also the things that I expect. Can you, can you achieve these goals using only the resources that you're allowing yourself without pulling in more? And I have experienced both sides of that working. I've experienced that working, right? Where somebody's like, cool, I know how to utilize my team and I need to pull in this person, this person, this person, and I can, act, I can absolutely do this because I'm actually underutilizing what I have already. And then I've seen the other side of it, which is I'm taking on too much myself and I'm burning myself out. And I'm like, well, here's some opportunity. And then don't use it. And then it, it gets harder, right? Because then you're like, okay, well, we're not moving in this direction. Let's talk about all the reasons. And both of those things are challenging. 
So you're saying if there's a, a, a stalemate, so to speak, like two people don't agree on the direction to go, you can run either play you can for a certain play, amount of time and see the results. But you still need to you still need to lay out some results, right? So the results are there's there's meaningful results in all of these things, right? There's cultural results, there's cultural expectations, right? So say you are running bare bones, but it doesn't feel very good for either the leader or the team that's working for the leader, mm -hmm. or it literally doesn't feel good to operate, to go in there as a guest, then you get to lay that out. You can say, okay, well, if you want to run this way, here are the things that I see that could help you, that, that could help the situation, right? Do you have the right team around you? Is that, is that why it's not feeling this way in the cafe? Yes, no. Do you have the right leader supporting you? Yes, no. Are you, you know, taking on too much yourself? Yes, no. But at the end of the day, it still needs to feel like this. So can you, can you do it with what you have? And that's, that's how you, you can allow somebody to try. And I think if they feel really good about it, you should, right? If they say like, I got this, I mm. want this, like, great, give it a try. We still need to be moving in this direction. And then if that's not working, that's where I'm like, well, I think you should do this, that, and the other. And like, I don't know, I shouldn't. And I'm like, well, one or the other has to happen because we still need to move in this. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It really comes down to the, the people leading and their ability to utilize their teams. Otherwise, then you do have to step in and still uphold a standard or a quality, right? Yeah. Does that answer your question? Kind of. Well, it, it feels like we're, well, there's a couple things that you said that are worth mentioning, which we touched on earlier, because when we're talking about a goal or having standards of quality there are multiple standards of quality so there's yeah. you know uh if you're running a business you have to have a financial standard yeah um you also have to have a cultural standard right this is what it you feels like to go to work to mm -hmm. be there to the energy of the space and then you know we, we have a guest experience standard yeah. and all of those things work in tandem yep and i think for all of those to be the best, they work together. Because if you optimize for one Absolutely. only, it might work for a little while, but one of the other ones is going to fail. So if you, yeah. optimize, if you optimize to, let's say, you're running your cafe and you're like, okay, we're going to switch all the gears. We're going to maximize for profit. Mm -hmm. you know which means we're going to nickel and dime everything we're going to raise prices we're going to cut labor to the minimum right that might work for a couple weeks yeah or a month or whatever until someone figures out and starts to notice it kind of feels like shit in here yeah <laughs> and i don't know why right but i've just been noticing that it's not good you know and then it's just a matter of time before everything falls apart right and the opposite is true if if you say okay we're going to maximize for guest experience, no holds barred. We have no limitations. Right. So instead of having three or four people on the floor, we're going to have six. Yeah. And we're going to just utilize as many people as we yes. can so that just, there's never any weird, quirky hiccup. Right. And then maybe that's really awesome for a few weeks or a few months and people are like, man, it's cash. awesome in here until yeah. you don't have any money right. to continue operations. Yeah. So there's that balance. And then I guess I'm just more looking on that there's the, you, you have this tension between the it's basically investing in your future in the typical 
It's the easiest con to contextualize in a startup, I think, what I think you're so. saying. Yeah. Because Cat and Cloud 1.0, 2016, Portola, we have no proof of concept. We basically have to leverage a bunch of money and hope that it works, right? Sure. We have to invest in our future in a way. It's like we're putting all this shit on the table to create something in hopes that that will bring a return on its investment. Right. You know, um, and if we are penny pinching too hard, we'll never actually get open. Yeah. You know, if we, if we say, I feel more comfortable with all my savings than I do with this business, then that's cool. We can have our money in our savings account and not have a business. That's right. like the extreme. Yeah. That's the extreme end of it. So when we're open, you know, the same, the same thing kind of applies. So I'm just more looking at how if one person has one view and one person has the other how do you well let's just call it what it is it's like it's like you and charles are on different ends of the spectrum would you say yeah. that's fair i think sometimes yeah 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 i'd say sometimes sometimes I, i'd almost say i'd almost say no but sometimes it's more of a caliber it's more of a calibration like mm. it's when you when our when we're not together talking yeah it sounds different so i think the ideas mm. are actually the same in the long haul okay but the way it's presented can make people feel otherwise uh, right because he's so but he's by the book right in that way he's like well this is a plus b equals c and that's it and he doesn't actually mean it that way but it can come off that way right well you know i was thinking about that because we were talking last week and i would i was i have a theory for yeah. why that might be because you, you know tell me if i'm going too overboard and like Let's being out, being dude. way too candid Let's but um <laughs> we were talking about so you meet with your team every week, yeah, right? And you guys, just like everybody, you know, I meet with my team once a week, Charles meets with his team once a week. Yeah. And everybody's meeting's a little bit different, but if yours is like ours, we're kind of part of its project updates. Like we have a system that's like really quick. Okay, where are you at? Where are you at on your main projects? Just to make sure that we're in the zone. Um any hiccups where can I help? And then there's a, a huge chunk of time that's allocated towards potential. You know, what could be, you know, right. wh what are we going, where are we going? What are we going to do? What opportunities right. are there? And, and how can that level up the whole thing? And there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so we're constantly doing that. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of brain work. So let's just assume you're doing something in that zone yeah i mean there's four cafes they're all a little different since it's exactly that right it's so like they all have four different, different mini strategies within a overarching strategy right so right. each each cafe would have different optimal opportunities to level up yeah so aptos might have a few different projects than portola because mm -hmm. the you know different strengths yep. different whatever Tr basically different. trying to utilize over the same theme with specified individual cafe plans right yeah so okay cool so that there's that and that's a lot of, um, it takes a lot of seeing into what could be and noticing mm -hmm. what could be. So that's a certain kind of thing. And then every month, each of your team, everybody, yeah, my team, all, your team, company. we all have meetings with Charles and mm -hmm. Charles presents the financials. Right. Uh, and they get to digest those. And I think this is just a theory right. or just a, like a idea that because the finances are 
based on math and they're just so right. easy to digest. Direct. It's they're direct, they're clean, they're clear. It's really easy to point at a number and say, I need to hit my 10%. Exactly. And then all of a sudden everything else fades away because there's nothing ethereal about that yep. 10%. You know, it's a very, very real number. Mm -hmm. Same thing with labor percentage, same thing with cost of goods. Those things are relatively easy to grasp because yeah. they just exist in the real world and you don't like, boom, it's on a sheet and then I can move things around to kind of make that work to where some of the things are a lot more ethereal. Like when we're talking to Mark, it's like, okay, cool. We need to have some conversations with the partners to figure out how we could serve them better. Here's the tricky part about that is like, if you ask people, how could I serve you better? They might not even know, they know. because they're not thinking about it. So we need to figure out a way to engage them in conversation where we're helping them pull on this thread, some of it on their own, some of it in real time with us, so we can get to the meat and potatoes of what would actually help them. Yes. Ugh, that's, a, that's not as easy as just doing math or you know making a, it's not as easy as plugging in a number, doing a thing, and in the same way you're talking about you know who knows what's going on with, with coffee in the cafe but or just the cafe experience you know yeah. you might have a cafe that's lagging culturally and it might say like hey you know um your drink times are good coffee tastes okay but there's this is hard for me to explain so just roll with me here there's an energy in the room that doesn't feel like cat and cloud energy. And when we're talking about energy, you know, my perception, it's like a million little almost yeah, imperceptible things up. that add up to this one uh -huh. thing to where it's maybe we got construction going on in here. Just so you just know, in case you need yeah. some clanking. <laughs> um, there's maybe some guests aren't getting reach outs. Yep. Maybe sometimes when the drinks gets dropped off or no one's looking the guest in the eye and saying like, here's your mocha, thanks for coming in. Maybe when people are leaving, no one says bye. Maybe no one's running around doing water checks. Maybe all these little things, maybe we've got a lot of heads down service instead of heads up service. All of it adds up to this vibe in the cafe. So then you're like, okay, we're gonna fix the vibe. right? <laughs> and it's a combination of all of these things. And that's just this big, now you're wading through all this stuff because different people might be doing different things for different reasons, even exactly. on the same team. And there's 12 or 14 of them. And that's just a more complex. I don't want to say complex because the numbers are complex in their own right. Like I certainly don't want to do them, but it's a different kind of thinking. It's not as crystal clear. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's then that's maybe where you need. You need to find the people that you're going to rely on and say, and then have whoever works with them be able to be, in a way, still able to, to think autonomously, but a little bit like, yes, people, right? Like, you need to be able to, to lean on the people who have just historically found that their intuition has been successful, who are able to maybe discern what it looks like to operationalize a vibe. You know, like, think that's something that you and I in our own ways are really good at. We know how to, how to take somebody's physical, like literally describe, this is your physical work and being a barista or being a concierge or being a hospitality person. And we know how to say, this thing that you do physically translates to this culturally and energetically when you do it with this 
purpose in mind, with this vibe in mind. And yeah, like for people who don't think that way, I can absolutely and historically have experienced the most tension with them because people who don't, people who don't love the ethereal cannot, and, and they might not think this way. There's nothing wrong with them, but this kind of comes back to the beginning. If somebody struggles to hear the opportunity, they're not the, the, they're not a bad person. They just might not be the right fit for translating that work. So either there's two, there's two options, right? Like they need to be able to be like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it, which may or may not be good for you. Or they might just always be like, dude, you just talk a lot, you know? Well, and I they think, might feel that way. Like you just yeah. talk a lot and it's like, well, I do, but these are the things that if are operationalized historically and like now I've done them, you know, like we, yeah. we know these things work. And I think there are a lot of people who probably have that, um, would be, you know, you can wake them up to that mindset if, let me back out. I think part of our job is to articulate how that vibe or how that energy comes to manifest mm -hmm. because people are, you know, they're products of themselves, but they're also a product of their training. Yeah, so yeah. depending on how the training goes and if they think they're doing 10 out of 10, but they're really not, and they don't know how all those little things add up. Mm -hmm. We have to be really clear about explaining how those things add up. Yeah. Cause some people can intuitively sense a vibe and see like, exactly. this is weird. That's weird. That's off. That guy's looking over there. This is, yep. doesn't make sense. There's a spill on it's the like counter. Right when they walk in the door. And it's like, you know, and you would see that in other ways where you were shooting videos and I'm looking at the video. I'm like, we can't use that shot. Why? because there is a floor mat in the video right. and floor mats are disgusting. And even if that one's clean, nobody wants to look at it. Mm -hmm. And how do we get the angle to where we're not seeing a weird floor mat in the background or right. a shelf that's just strange, you know, all those uh -huh. little things. And most people probably won't even notice it, but it adds up to this bigger experience. So right. we need to be able, I need to be able to share that and not just say like, I don't know, it feels weird. Right. I need to be able to say this, 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 and that is all adding up to this thing because then right. people can digest it. But I think, so one, that's our work. And then I think just to tie it all back with the numbers, I, even if you have people who are, who could be like risk averse maybe, or no, let's say, let's say they're, they're down to take the risk. Uh -huh. They're down to be awoken to that frame of mind. That's like, Oh cool. Like I see what you see now. Right. The numbers still feel like a really safe bet because it's right. tangible. So if you had to get to 10%, it's a, it's a easy, you did it or you didn't it thing. You yeah, didn't yeah. do it. Thing, sure. Right. It's cut like and dry. That, you either got that. it yep. or you didn't. And if right. this is one of your metrics of success and it is crystal clear yep. and another metric of your success is a little bit it's based on fuzzy, energy and feels right, right. It's going to be easier to lean into that solid one, yeah. do whatever it takes to make it happen. So, okay, mm -hmm. cool. I know this if I, cause people want to feel like they're doing a good job. Absolutely. That's my impression is like, totally. you want to feel like you're winning. Mm -hmm. So if I can chop labor, chop cost of goods, roll back all these things, and I hit that 10%, then I feel like I'm winning. Right. And I don't really understand why now you're telling me I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that might be part of the reason why some people just default lean into that. It's like getting an A on well, the test. You know it's how to like, get an A. I totally, yeah. yeah. People aren't really 
getting an A on the test doesn't necessarily encourage people to learn anything. It encourages exactly. them to study for the test, cram, get the A, and then you're not smarter anyway. Right. You know, so we have to create this. And this is just a theory. You know, we're trying to create this learning environment where mm-hmm. people can have the complete picture and balance balance that matrix. It's like the 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 little cuppers um, flavor. It's not the flavor okay. wheel. There was that cuppers matrix where it's a oh, series it like of cons- over here and the, concentric circles, yeah, and, and to like, get a balance, balance. Yeah, yeah, you want acidity, something body, with points sweetness. all over the place because yeah. then that means you have balance. It's like you're looking at your metrics of success in a balanced way too and yeah. not optimizing for just one of them whatever it may be right yeah i mean because that's the thing is like our belief and historically you know it has been up and down but when we have been firing and able to hit our you know expectations of hospitality and service model and that energy they all come together that's when the world talks about your business the the local world we'll call it not even not even externally because that's podcast related but mostly but or you know that's I mean, marketing I feel like it's kind of the same they all work together right. yeah but when people come in and they experience it they talk about it with their friends they say come here go here because 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 and usually those reasons are I guess I know most of the time those reasons are based on the cultural things that we're talking about so the cultural things for me always feed that ability to hit the 10%. Right. And so being able to recognize, you know, and that's maybe where my work or, you know, as our stores where four of them, you know, it becomes like a little bit more than just the head of retail's work to be able to see, all right, like we're not doing this, these numbers, there's some reasons. And we know we've hit these numbers when we've done this thing and these things feel a certain way, you know, there's, there's a matrix there. Right. We know that we've done our best when that matrix is heavily influenced by how we make everybody feel. And that stuff comes down again to the the hospitality and the cafe, the quality of the coffee, the energy, and those things that, to your point, are more challenging for somebody, some people to grab. So I I totally hear you. I think that's that's always kind of going to be the challenge. And that totally brings me all the way back again to like, man, the interest and the hungers of the people and like where you get value or not value, but where you like get energized. Cause I'm like, I don't know if they can hear it as loud as it sounds. No, These mics so. are pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Cause when you were talking about like, Ooh, how do you find out that, that whole wholesale thing? I'm like, that sounds like awesome work to me. Oh, it's like, the best thing ever. Yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah. So this is what, this is kind of where I'm going. Like where I started this whole thing at is like, man, I would love to have conversations with all of our wholesale partners I love to talk to them and learn because I think and believe because of who I am and what I'm interested in. Mm. And this is maybe what my gifting is and probably yours too. But it's like I would be able to pick up on the threads that they're talking about and translate that into the physical work that our company does. And Mark can probably do that too. Maybe Gene can do that too. But, may, may, you know, like people, if we took everybody's names out of it and I was just like me and these things that I'm hearing about, right? I'm like, oh, I know I could make something successful out of that and it would make me excited and hungry. Yeah. Whereas like what's intimidating and hard for me is I'm like, okay, I can take these through lines to these cafes, but now it's four different ones and it's four different approaches and it's really great. But at the same time, 
there is physically no ability for me to be able to make sure at all four of these cafes, these are happening. Like I can't go, like it's literally overwhelming. It makes me freak out and I don't have to, by the way, but to think about, okay, I'm going to go stand in Abbott and like make sure that these two leaders are leading it like this. And then I'm going to do it in Portola and then in Swift street and then in Aptos. And it shouldn't just be my job as a founder head of retail to do all of that by myself, but in the idea of looking at work in that way, the way I described that second part absolutely would like not be a success. Whereas if I were to connect with everybody, kind of look at it and have these, which we had a great meeting last week with our leadership team was let's talk about these concepts and have you feedback, like how you feel like it's going. And then I can calibrate how I feel about it. And you can take those things and go, like I said, take them to Z in your cafes we're kind of calibrating, we're learning yeah. together, we're growing together in the same way I guess you're talking about it with your team. Well, that's, yeah. And it's just talking about those, those things and how you, might, um, how you might activate, you know, and how you might find energy in your work. Right. Because, yeah, because it sounds like, well, it's almost exactly the same thing. Because I'm, in terms of what we're doing with the partners is what you would have the opportunity to do with your cafes. Because in when we're engaging the partners, it's like imagine that one of the partners was just a cat and cloud cafe. Like things aren't go all we know, all all a lot of the partners know, and you know, no one's complaining or anything, but any business owner has a certain number of things that aren't going as well as I wish they would. Sure. There's some things that are left on the table. So we're trying to have conversations to tee those tease those out mm-hmm. in the same way that you could have conversations with your teams in order to tease those out. And once we kind of start building these resources, it's, I have no connection to those people. You know, I'm maybe half of them never going to ever go to their store, Uh you know? And like you said, like you're not going to go to every store and physically do these things because you're working with a group of team leaders. Every, every store has its own, has its own team leader. Just like every one of our partners has a business owner that's managing their specific thing. Yeah. So we're even a little bit more disconnected in that we go through the process and then hope that people actually want to do the work enough to do it. Uh huh. And well, we need that. That's what we need is like a squad and a team is people who do want to do that yeah, work. Yeah. And then the way this is a, a bigger topic, but we we've chosen. We're not doing it with all the partners. Right. There's, there's a certain group of, of core partners that we're, we're piloting Starting. this yeah. with. Nice piloting. Yeah. So, because, I mean, you wouldn't think that you had an enrollment problem here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you would assume that everybody here would be on board in our four cafes to really be excited and charged up to do what we want to do. Yeah, and to, our, to the leadership team's uh, credit, it is, in my opinion, like some of the best it's ever been. Right. Right. And that is, that is great. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, you just, they're always, you're always managing that. Right. And the balance of everything else we just talked about, you know, like budget management, continuing to grow. It's that man, that managing combination of making sure there's passion, confidence, and excitement around the work, not fear that it's not going to work you know when you're when you're you know you're back and forth right you're like oh i'm not getting an a because i didn't hit this thing perfect and it's like i i get it and also like 
we can't we can't be afraid of not getting an A right now. We need to like keep you know little chips consistently. You know, and that's that's fun and it can be engaging as well and entertaining. Yeah, you manage that. You know, that morale building. That yeah, I wonder if maybe confidence. a good way to um, how when you do those five senses things. Yeah, do they get a score? They were going to get a full score. I actually took it away from. I took a score away. So what I did is I set it up and I'm like, we have doesn't meet expectations, right? No, no, no. Sorry. We have unacceptable, which is like, you need to fix this ASAP. Yeah. You have needs work and then you have acceptable and that's it. And then prior to that, you have five like pass fails where it's like, if you don't experience at least two of these five things that reflect on how it culturally feels in our cafes, Hmm. it doesn't really matter. Like you've failed. So I want them to still fill out the sheet for yeah. Um, essentially, like if there's anything unacceptable, that gets fixed first. Like first things first, unacceptable. For Meaning real. like this is hail no. Um, and then the whole point is like we're not. I'd, uh, I'm not looking for it to be like a, we're getting in trouble. I'm looking for it to all be calibration right now. Yeah. Well, that might be a good way to. So you guys have done that. That's that so we just started. Just like started. just beta tested it with the team leaders just like showed all the coordinators on this like literally you know at this point people are listening months out but it will have been one week ago everybody saw it and like oh this is cool i want to look at this more because it'd be really interesting to see okay it'd be really interesting to do the financial review and the cultural review together oh, and be fun and look at what what are the correlation between the two things right and then you kind of erase the fuzziness from your side of the equation where it's people can see their financial score, even though it's not ABC, pass, fail, whatever. You know, if they're trying to hit 10 and they're hitting one, they know that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So now you have a, a, you know, you have a a rating system to where they can see like, okay, cool. I got an unacceptable. Yep. Not that you want, not that you're doing this to punish them or to like light a fire under anyone's ass, but that will have an effect on someone, uh-huh. you know, seeing yeah, they're gonna see it. it. It affects someone more probably than you just saying, this could happen. We could do this. This might be a thing. Exactly. This might be a thing. It's like, Hey, okay. So here's what this, here's your score. Yep. It's unacceptable. Yeah. And here are the 15 reasons why, mm-hmm. you know, um, because the specificity is important. That combined with the financial sh- snapshot, and that might prevent people from skewing towards the numbers because it feels more tangible. Because now this is just as tangible right. as that. It's like, damn, dude, I didn't meet the mark. Like now I have to manage the matrix, not just try to optimize for one thing. Right. Because we agree that it's like, hey, Money follows the culture. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and focusing only on money doesn't cr- create good culture. No. You know, it's, it's you gotta not be able this to play two-way thing, yeah. right? You know? Um, you gotta be able to play. So that would be a really cool thing to do. You know, maybe it's not just a financial review. Maybe it's just the overall departmental health review. Here's yeah, your, maybe we evolve to that. Here's your health checkup. Right. Okay, cool. Here, here's what the numbers are saying. Here's uh, your project wrap-up, and here's the cultural impact of it, and mm-hmm. boom, here's your total score. Yeah. And then now we can go forward and say, oh, okay, 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 okay. Like, here's okay, what we're doing okay. for next month. Right. And yeah. then that also prevents this other thing that you were talking about is, like, 
they have the meeting with Charles alone. They have your meetings alone. And then there's this maybe not gap between the way you and Charles see things, but the way that certain people are perceiving right, the way you're up seeing things. Down in different ways. Right? Yep. So they're like being pulled in these different directions that aren't necessarily even real, mm-hmm. but having everybody together would be ultimate clarification. Yeah. Right? Everything's on the table the whole time. It feels like we're moving in what could be the perfect direction for that. Yeah. That, that has been what's really helpful about the five senses approach and that, you know, so far very enjoyable, even in its beta sense, even though it could be refined more. I was like, this is, this is helpful. Yeah. This, you know, there's stuff to look at. And I have, I've made sure, you know, that even from that sheet, aside from something that might be unacceptable fix now, it's like, great. We have some things that need to improve. We're not going to like, I'm not making you look at all 20 of them potentially that I saw. Like we're going to pick the ones that are most of priority and we're going to work on those for next week, you know, right. and, or for next month, we'd like to see these go away. Yeah. Um, so I think there is a great opportunity. And since we do all, and we do meet together for the financial meeting, by the way, all three of all of us meet together on the financial meeting with Chuck. So I think there's an opportunity to maybe combo bonus that thing. Right. Be nice. Cause yeah. Cause you're still just looking at the strict finance, just, just the data. Yeah. Just the data. And then, but it is cool to see, right. Um, what we can do with these, you know, and again, these are all systems of observation is that you can take them and say, and look at numbers, right? Like you said, and say, well, is there any correlation to what's happening in the cafes based on these sheets and these experiences? And is there any correlation here and there? And we can have a conversation around it. Because to me, that's the other part I want to make sure, and we want to make sure as a company that we do, is that people are understanding the concepts, not just right trying to fill in the blanks. And that, mm-hmm. to your point again, is like, not fill in the blanks, but check the boxes to be successful, to get an A on the test. And that is one way to get an A on the test is fit the system perfectly. So to answer your question on how to prioritize things, everybody. To start with the most important thing first. Start with the, start with the most important thing first. Know what you're trying to do. <laughs> Just ignore everything else. Everything, sort it out, dude. Just sort it out. Hey, everyone. That's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places, YouTube, Instagram. We're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week.